episode of the internet's most hated mafia themed geek podcast long coat mafia podcast it is i the one the only reverend godfather aka the martinsburg madman aka this show's frontman and main host first off before i begin i know you got before you guys yell and gals out there yell at me uh, where was the main episode why the hell are you just posting up uh these stupid bonus episodes okay let me address things uh my way. I'm the boss on this end of the channel, not Sasa. On her end of the spect- aspect of things, on her channel, she's the boss. On this side of things, on my channel, I'm the boss. So, on this side, let me get, do things my way. So, first things first. In regards to the main episode that are normally drop either on Monday or on Tuesday, uh, and I know I said on Twitter that we'd be recording on Sunday, well, life happened, uh, and we didn't get a chance to record. It was kind of a good thing because my D&D session uh, lasted a little bit longer than expected, so uh, <laughs> it allowed that to happen. We had a wonderful time, and we had a lot of laughs. But uh, still, I have to get on to Sasha this, hopefully this weekend, that we'll get to get, get together through Zoom and record an episode and get that drop for you next week and have that main uh, reboot slash share episode coming your way either that Monday or that Tuesday, the latest for you. Now, in regards to these stupid anniversary episodes, oh, well, I don't care if you uh, uh, they're stupid or you think they're stupid. For one thing, let me just say this. iTunes, uh, I won't say iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and the other platforms that catch our release from when we post up on Podbean only go back 90 episodes. So a lot of these uh, uh, anniversary episodes are the first time a lot of you will be listening to. There's, there's only a handful of people that have been listening from the beginning. And we it still seems, even though we get very few listeners... One or two of you have been listening since day one. The rest of you are new listeners. So last week on that main episode, I ended that main episode with, I'm a gamer and I'm wearing a bikini. So still, uh, a lot of you might have went, if you heard that, like, where did he come up with that? Tell you the truth, this is the episode. The episode I'm about to share with you is the origin of that line it, because what I'll be sharing with you is the first hostful episode that I did with co-hosts and the two co-hosts that I had during this hostful was Zombie Bunny and Big Candy. Big Candy pretty much lasted the longest in regards to the co-host, and matter of fact, he's always welcome on the show. So is Zombie Bunny, and there's a time um, occasionally I might, I can't put words in Big Candy's mouth, but I'm sure he'd love to be part of the show again, uh, and he's more than welcome to do it. We haven't gotten a chance to do that in a long, 
long time. Now, having computer troubles and computer issues kind of wrecks that aspect of doing a whole uh, hour and a half, two hour program with him and him coming up, especially also nowadays with gas prices being so damn expensive. But I'd still love to have him on and to do an episode with him and have that one-on-one uh, -on -one, uh, and get caught up with him to see how things were doing. But for right now, me and Sasha have been trying to kick it, trying to get that groove back. But back to this first episode. That's the point of these anniversary episodes because a lot of times, uh, right now, I'm, I'm recording this May 30th. May 30th is pretty much when I got the mic in to start recording. May 30th is either today or tomorrow is when I pretty much s turned on the lights with, uh, uh, or I should say, I walked to, or however you want to term it, walked to Podbean or tapped Podbean on the shoulders and say, I want to start a podcast. And they were like, we want you to start a podcast. And I went, uh, I want, I have money to give you to, to host my episodes. And they were like, we're more than happy to take your money to host your episodes. Let's do this. And things got started. And as you heard last week, we had the first episode with Sasha. the One of the first beta episodes we ever did. This time is the first hostful we ever did. Yes, the, the intro music is kind of bad. And the outro... Uh, uh, music, or I said the outro aspect of things is also cheesy and bad, but we had nothing. We had no, we, we were just learning, or I say I was learning as we go in regards to uh, intros and outros, and I was diving deep into a lot of podcasting groups, which have now, uh, I think, gone silent because I don't know if they've gone silent or not because uh, I haven't. I kind of want to blame Facebook because Facebook, if they're quiet or you don't touch those uh, uh, site those groups anymore, they kind of fade to darkness on your feed. So I don't know if they're still going on. I might want to check one or two in regards to that. And speaking of uh, sites like that, uh, I'll be sharing a crossover with a gentleman I met through, I think, Podbean. Not, not Podbean, uh, one of these Facebook groups. So we'll you'll hear that in the upcoming weeks. We still have, uh, it's May 30th, we still have uh, 42 days, 43 days, before the official drop of that episode. Heck, we might do something special on uh, when we record that week between me and Sasha because it is our anniversary week that week or to say if we're still doing what we do on July the weekend the weekend of the 12th me and Sasha might do do something uh, in regards to her roasting me or something like that or us roasting each other because it's the would be my anniversary week but in this episode the first episode we kind of introduce ourselves uh, and you'll hear a lot of things that we no longer say on our show and some of the things that we do still kind of fight for on our show but not as hard 
our opinions have kind of changed. Some of the stuff that we've done has softened. And yes, yes, uh, you kind of hear what we talk about. But in this episode, it's that first episode. We had to introduce ourselves, find our groove, and see you know what we'd call ourselves. But in this aspect, um, we talk a little bit about conventions, uh, how we got into certain aspects of music, music. Uh, going to talking about movies for a little while, how the Marvel movies are, are certain things and, you know, movie groups that we were, I was a part of, but lot, we, there was a lot of stuff that we talked about. So you might want to stick around and hear this. Uh, I'm going to still fault to our, we'll be back and we'll, uh, we'll be right back after this and all that fun jazz, but still, um, you'll hear everything and how, cringeworthy everything still kind of was because we were still at this point you got to figure we didn't have multiple mics until maybe uh let's see this was january when this episode was recorded so we're going not january uh july so august september october november december almost five months before we actually had a a valid set up a soundboard and used multiple mics to get better audio so here it is here's that episode so what can i say but hit it george we'll be right back with more of the long coat mafia podcast hello Live. Hey guys, welcome Goombas. Uh, welcome to the show. Here to my left here is Zombie Bunny. Zombie Bunny. Zombie Bunny. <laughs> and to my right is Big Candy himself, the narcoleptic headbanger. <laughs> we are the Long Coat Mafia Podcast. Welcome to the first official recording. That's right. And you guys, our listeners, are are our Goombas, and now we're not talking about those little fuckers on Nintendo's Super Mario Brothers, we're talking about, uh, <laughs> if you want to consider yourself a little mushroom, Goombas initially comes from the Italian word uh, Goomar, uh, it just means friend, or Actually, Gumar is Yeah, it is. It's, it's, there's two pronunciations. One means friend, and another one's Gumar, which means mistress, uh, mob mistress. But um, one Yahoo answer person submitted. Uh, he pretty much said, "I don't give a fuck what y'all say, uh, Gumar." But because Americans tend to, the immigrants tend to combine and re-pronounce things. Uh, he said, I don't give a fuck what you, all y'all say about what the original meeting was. It sounds like they took Good Buddy and just mashed it together. And it just came out to Goomba. Goomba. 
So either way, you are good buddies. Uh, good buddies. Hey, guy. Hey, how you doing? How we do? Uh, like I said, we are the Long Coat Mafia podcast. We are a geek podcast. Uh, all things are geek in a way, from sports to music to comics. We will be concentrating heavy on movies, comics, books, and whatever this thing back to my rights in, into right now. Oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... My main premise for this is that there are a lot of people who are awkward and don't feel feel like they fit in anywhere. You're welcome here. That's what mafia is, in my eyes. Even though we take a chunk, tongue-in-cheek type feel to this, uh, you are welcome. You are family to us, and that's what I think mafia is, a sense of family, a sense of community, and welcome to the family. And this is also this show also has a special significance because... Seven years to the day, to the day, me and Big Candy had a show. As soon as I get them off of him, um, we did a show called The Electric Eye. Fuck. <laughs> and I'm too young for this. No. Um, but, I'm 23. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you're you high school. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to call out anybody in reference to... Uh, us starting this whole catching the wave in regards to oh mm-hmm. yeah uh, Chris Hardwood <laughs> in your face no uh, <laughs> no we we did it first yeah first. um yeah, yeah that's he, he, he just did it better that's yeah he did yeah he did it better we're, we're not really knocking I, I, Chris Hardwork yes we I, are worship uh, <laughs> him because he, he's probably like the busiest guy in, in Hollywood right now like, yeah hosts like uh you know at midnight right. hosts um. Walking, or talking, talking dead. dead. He did, and does all the nurse podcasts. Plus, he's a voice actor. Plus, he does his comedian. And thing. he does stand up. He still does um, his yeah. tours. Jack of all trades, huh? Yeah, yeah. 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 Really is. yeah. So it, he just took the ball and ran with it. But we started it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that like this is a reunion show. That it'll probably go up as. Episode one, the reunion show. The Phantom <laughs> the Menace. Menace. The Phantom Menace. <laughs> um, I didn't fart. <laughs> you could jump in any time, zombie buddy. Then feel free. Um, also, to kind of rehash an old topic. We're we're going to talk about cons. It's con season's full swing. We're recording this on probably the last day of SDCC. No. No. It's tomorrow. Uh, so it's the third day of SDCC, which is San Diego Comic Con. I was reading that this is sad, dude. <laughs> you know I'm a Kevin Smith fan. Yeah. I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. He's on my wall of, 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 of icons. <laughs> there's Stan Lee, there's Alex Ovechkin, and there's Kevin Smith, and Bob Ross. And <laughs> I like happy little trees. Anyway, so last night he had his yoga hosers. Uh, trailer, which is his new movie starring his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter, and <laughs> before him, now <laughs> you got to understand, he was following the Lucasfilm premiere Star Wars, so like you had all the Star Wars stuff in there, six thousand, what was it, sixty five hundred people in there in the room. At the end of the Lucasfilm, stormtroopers came out en mass, grabbed up six thousand people, took them out of the room. To a private concert. Aww. And so Kevin Smith's audience, they said the room was barren. 
oh. for his premiere. That sucks. It sucks. I was like, no, <laughs> Kevin, no. But yeah. I know you told me that you were a Breaking Bad fan. Yes. Uh, did you see the Brian uh, Cranston thing? Oh, uh, what he did. Someone oh, when came, he put on his mask? No, no. Oh, uh, no. this was this year. This, oh, no. this, this year. Mama jokes? Yeah, he uh, pr- pretty much someone come, came up. <laughs> and he, she, he said, um, uh, "I'm an Albuquerque resident," and it's like, "Well, you were there filming. Uh, what was your best part of being there?" So forth and so on. And I'm a big fan. And Brian just says, "Best part was going to your mama's house and hanging with her and doing her." And he just raises the mic, drops it, and just <laughs> 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 big grins. <laughs> And the whole, he's just there sitting back like all cocky yeah, and just grinning. Totally. And, 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 you know, there was not a mean bone in it, but it was just the perfect, perfect response. And it was just hysterical. It's like, what was your best part there? Hanging with your mom, doing your mom. Boom. I like when he put the mask on. Yeah. Last year. Yeah, it was last year. That was hilarious. People were just like, oh, look, there's no But um, with con season full swing, um, We'll go over the do's and don'ts, what to bring in. We have, in essence, with us in this room today, uh, three aspects um, of con going. Uh, one is the, we, all three of us have been ticket holders. Um, one of us, Zombie Bunny is a cosplayer. I've been primarily a ticket holder. And Big Candy has worked, I should say, it has worked and is working behind the scenes. You've worked behind the table and you mm-hmm. are currently working I'll give it a plug here right now. You're working behind the scenes with those of Four States Slasher Con, which is uh, official in Winchester, Virginia on October, what, 16th and 17th? And they're on Facebook. Uh, do they have a website? Uh, they do, but it's not updated. But, like, it's it's coming along because they're still working on the ticketing because it went from basically a show at, like, a banquet hall yeah. to now this is, like, a real deal con. Like... There's some surprising stuff I can't get into yet. I can tell you off there. But there's some stuff coming up, and we secured some people that were just like, I'm blown away. <laughs> in regards to that, I'll put their, at least their website's link in our show notes for the show when we put this up. Um, we'll go with at least the, uh, the kind of the do's and don'ts as uh, ticket holder first. Uh, if you're going to uh, a show... The best way I could say is you could, you could always plan cheap, mm-hmm. stay local. Stay, we just want to say stay local. I'm not knocking cons like San Diego or Dragon Con. Um, I t- personally, I tend to push people away from Dragon Con because I've heard so many people, um, the bads, a lot of people say, oh, you got to go to Dragon Con. I've heard so many people, uh, bad stories of, you know, because they use the elevator so so much that they've actually overheaten and almost caused fires. And that when the people staying there have reported it to the fire department, the hotel and the con people behind the scenes have told those people, don't ever come back to the show ever because of that. And I've heard reports of people, women, getting uh, date raped and raped at the show. And when they've reported it to security... And security wouldn't do anything. It's not our problem. Yeah, it's not our problem. And when they reported it to the police that it happened, again, they were told, don't ever come back to the show again. Ugh. So that's why I, I, that's why I, we have somebody at work that goes there every year. And I, and oh, I, I cringe, know. you know, it's like, 
it's don't well, you it's probably also that attitude of, oh you were just like Psylocke so you were asking for it or you were just yeah, like you know an anime character with your butt showing like, so you were asking for it and that that, that, that sick attitude but I, I've he- heard about friend, one of the friends I know the show of, I'll say this show um, last year it was a big thing for them to go they're the band's called Sci-Fi. They're a geek cover band. They're real good. And on the way to their table, because they sell their CDs and so forth, they they call them uh, because the hotels that DragonCon is, they have what they call gerbil tunnels. Right. Oh, uh, uh, they nickname gerbil because they're connected hallways. And they started the uh, doing the chorus of "You're just, you know, you see me just as a friend," you know that that stupid little song and he got the whole hallway starting saying he told me he was just a son but it was fun you could always have fun on the cheap Um, again plan uh, there's always two. I say when you go to a show there's two types of money you should bring with you one is the getting there money and the other one is your con money and you should always keep that separate Uh, getting there money is your gas Hotel, if needed. Food budget. Food budget. Um, getting back, parking, if needed. Um, Especially if it's in a bigger city, you never know what the parking is going to be like. Right, and a lot of um, shows and conventions um, now correlate with um, the local tourist bureau, and they add yeah. parking things on their site, and it's drastically improved since. We started, I would say, started podcasting all those years ago. That you know everything's intertwined. That here's parking, here's hotels, and always keep that separate because we heard tales of people just spending their entire budget and begging for food. And I mean, it's stupid. Just keep it separate. You could always do it cheap. Like I went to Awesome Con this past year, and I was able to get there and back, excluding ticket money. For not even thirty bucks. Well, I would even say make a list of things that you are looking for because you can become distracted. That, yeah. the, the, the whole thing is that it's a spectacle. It's like it's when you walk through the doors, you have the cosplayers, mm-hmm. you have the vendors, you have the artists, you have everything, everything, and you're just like, oh yeah, guys are going crazy looking around. So like, I what I usually do, except for the first year. <laughs> have a well, actually, I kind of did have a plan that year. Yeah, but yeah, your plan was hanging the Rob Liefeld line for three hours. Four hours. <laughs> Four hours. Wondered why I was disappearing every five, ten and minutes. come back and report, look what I did, look what I got. I'm still alive. <laughs> well, I mean, the guy was good enough. He was drawing, like, full-figured people for every single person that was in line, which was rad. So yeah, I mean it was it was and it was cheap on the cheap too. It only cost what fifty bucks. Yeah, if you for, for the book is the drawing. Well, yeah, if you bought the book, you just added like twenty dollars, and he's like, you know, whatever. I should have had him draw a foot. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that that's a side note. That's the thing about a lot of uh, that's the upside and downside. We're the three of us are all geeks, and we've been in geeks for a long time. And you see a lot because of the Avengers. The Guardian to the Galaxy, the Iron Man, the X Men, so forth and so on. You have a lot of these new people. Some of them are legitimately curious and want to be a part of the culture. But you have, <laughs> no, it, but it's you, you have the new people coming in wanting to be, you know, 
part of the con and immerse themselves in the fandom, that's okay. But you have a lot of assholes and fucktards coming in, and they spoil it for they everybody are, else. They've always been there, but they're just in, in abundance now. Yeah. Like, well, for instance, that, that day that I was in line, I yeah. was behind one royal fucktard who was only there, only there to make money off of Rob Liefeld's signature. He was there with a box full of books to get them signed, and he was demanding. And he was like, he better sign every one of these. Or all of my hawk and dove. He better sign all of them. But it, the thing is, with with like the comic fandoms, it's like, hi, welcome to the comic fandom. Here's your I hate Rob Liefeld fan card. And right. the, uh, but, but see, again, that's that's part of the culture. It's, it's stupid. But this guy, you know, I was behind yeah. this guy. What Rob Liefeld did, though, I applaud him for... He, <laughs> the guy was being a dick, and he walked up. He's like, "Hey, you know, I want you to sign. So I'm gonna take a picture of every single time you sign." This is something that you do with a, what's called a private signing. You don't do it when there's a line behind you. That's just yeah. a dick move. What he did was, <laughs> he took the guy's books and was writing as big on the covers as he could possibly go, just ruining the, ruining the covers. <laughs> just there you go. <laughs> and that's why I tell a lot of new people that are going to shows that. Or the rookies. I still consider you a rookie. Yeah, though. Um, still pretty rookie. Um, that I've never if been to two, and it's the same one. <laughs> <laughs> but the the thing is, it, um, keep your sign. If you when you do go to get stuff signed, keep it between. I'd say no more than four stuff to get signed, yeah. um, and even that, try to get as early to that line as possible. Because if you're further back, and you get a lot of these con assholes. And dealers, they're going to cut it down to two. I mean, and, if you're just after yeah. signatures, and this is something I would suggest I mean, for you if, you, if you're ever into signatures, usually they provide a guide. Like yeah, a the, the, com- guide. the con books are... Just take that. Yeah. Pack light. Pack just light. take that, and every time you go to somebody's line, go, I'm, you know, I'm a fan of your work, could you sign this con guide for me? And they'll so have like a thousand signatures on the front of this little thing, or even inside somewhere where their artwork is. Yeah, ninety percent of cons all usually give a program book. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anything, um, for those who collect comic books, the bags and boards are always awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're multi-use too because you can have stuff that signed. Plus, they're blank. Yeah. If um, this was a, the lie that was told to me when I first started to get back into collecting, that oh, you. If you go to a show, they'll never give you a sketch. Bullshit. Bullcrap. Yeah, it, um... Every now and again, yeah, they'll give you a free sketch. Uh, but that's what they're good for. They're they're blank. They'll blank. Yeah, exactly. But just... I got a sketch of a sandwich to prove that. I have a... Yeah. I went to a a Philly (laughs) Wizard World Comic Con, and there was this guy who was handing out sketches. He's like, you look like a zombie guy. And he, like, drew me a little zombie. He's like, here you go. He's, like, drawing out and sketching out... He did a little thing called a monster haiku. It's like a cute little book filled with little haikus, and they have like little illustrations of monsters. It's just really adorable. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing, the great thing about cons, like I said, plan it out. Um, best way, best thing you can plan out is getting there, uh, yeah. your food, so forth and so on. A lot of cons uh, might frown upon. Um, bring in like a, a two foot sub from Subway or something like that. <laughs> but, just tell them it's part of your cosplay. Yeah, but, <laughs> but if you bring in, if you are diabetic or suffer from low blood sugar or something like that, they will always allow in water and probably crackers or my prefer, favorite Slim Jims, you know, something you can put in your pocket. 
and there, pocket food is like cigarettes for cons. You know, it's like it's like, hey, could you watch my stuff a little, some quick? I got some Slim Jim so you can snack on. Yeah, the worst uh, thing you can do is have like an arm full of stuff or a backpack full of stuff, and you're like trying to eat a sloppy sandwich. No, yeah, you know, pocket food. Pocket food because I don't really consider Slim Jims as pocket food because they're so long. Uh, you could buy the like the canisters. Maybe longer oh. pockets. Trick <laughs> <laughs> uh, can- pants don't make them that big. <laughs> <laughs> but some just duct tape them to your. T- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, cons of fun. I, w- I always recommend uh, consider a two-hour limit from where you live. Because that, a lot of cons are within about two hours. Uh, us being in the West West Virginia Panhandle, um, there are a lot of cons within that two-hour ri- oh. limit. Um, to name a few, there's uh, Baltimore Comic Con. There was Awesome Con, which is in D.C. Uh, there's the Richmond, Richmond Comic Con, which was for a really small con. He does a like, real big job for it. Um, and the people there were very polite, very one-on-one. Uh, and he does them like almost. He does a big one every year, but he does a lot of little ones. Um, as much as I hate hate them, but they're still local. There are a lot of anime fans. Uh, there's Otacon, which might be moving from Baltimore to DC, mm-hmm. but um, well, big space. bigger space. Yeah. Um, yeah, I heard it's like packed like a tuna can. Yeah. They they all. Baltimore Convention Center is big, but it's not nowhere near as big as the Not to mention, even though Autocon takes up the whole convention center for when they were in Baltimore, they cap their attendance at 40,000. They literally cap it. They'll sell 40,000 tickets and cap it. That's because all the fans are just inside. Yet, for Baltimore Comic Con, they won't cap it, and they have 45,000, 46,000 people. That's because everybody's in and out, in and out, in and out, in and, and out. They had to keep constantly changing the rules, though. Yeah. Because of people bringing stuff in, like swords and things, and like they had to change the weapons. But yeah, they had to put the don't they put the little yellow tags or the orange tags on them, or yeah. do they well, not bring them in at all? Well, was it now that they can't have them at all? I, I don't know. We're getting a big yeah. problem. Or I guess so, but the thing is with Otacon, I've the one year I went. The they were literally everybody was rude to me there. Every, oh, the yeah. ticket holders, the the volunteers, the people, everybody was rude. Literally rude. Wow. Um, I was told to move out of. The, I was talking to uh, one of the fans that was there. We were standing by, th- literally the wall, talking about. I was wearing wearing a foamy shirt. We were talking about foamy, and security con- comes up and says, "Oh, we have to move because we're in the way of." foot traffic and yet there was a Honda cosplayer and a pirate going at it in the middle of the hallway yeah. oh Han- E-Honda E-Honda I was thinking just like a car? he's <laughs> 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 just like a Civic but, <laughs> and I know um, a major there was a major cosplayer that went back in 010 or 11 she went to do a panel about cosplaying and she said I'll never go back because they, everybody was rude to me. You see, everybody kept recommending me going to Otakon and I was just like, oh, this sounds okay. And I really, I really couldn't and, afford it. And the thing is, it's a three-day, it's a mandatory three-day pass. Yeah. And That's it just, there are a lot of cons that do great and there are a lot of cons that <laughs> are pathetic and to me, the Awesome Con had, had its problems but it was 
I'm sure they have a lot of people. I'm not knocking them. Uh, I give them a, at least a hard six and a half. Um, but it has that, you don't feel the people there because it's so open. They use a big con floor. But their setup was, they should have set up sooner. But with Baltimore, they're very friendly. They're, you know, so relaxed. So relaxed. <laughs> the, we've met the promoter. He's a nice guy. Um, the best part about it is that when I went to the Richmond Comic Con, um, Virginia Comic Con down back in 09, I met him again and he accused me for being a plant. A plant? A plant. Yeah, uh, the thing is, uh, the panel was called Conventioneering. Uh, which his it was Big Candy's word, uh, and, and one of our, uh, which was deemed Disney by one of our former fans. <laughs> uh, he's going to yell at me for this, um, but uh, it was deemed Disney. And it's like, well, we're talk- He mentioned like, what kind of people would you like to see in Baltimore next year? And I raised my hand. And I said, I want to see you know Garth Ennis and uh, Stan Lee. And after after the panel I was thanking him for putting on a great show and he was like did so and so put you up to saying those things what he put you up to the, saying those things no he didn't I don't know who you're talking about him that guy did he put you up no oh they're going to be guests and it's like between you and me they're going to be guests next year and I'm like really <laughs> and after that I was like oh crap I don't have any money to go son of a bitch but um, I I'll always recommend Baltimore. It, I think you would all recommend Baltimore as well. But the thing is, I'm getting tired of Baltimore. I would like to make the trek out to San Diego one year. Yeah. yeah. But it's a, it's yeah. it's expensive. That they sell out real quick. Yeah. And from what I've heard, it's like literally wall to wall people. But you can get a media pass. Yes. <laughs> That's what I plan Carrie, <laughs> this is my personal space. <laughs> Like I said, always plan what you can plan. Uh, When I go to a show, I plan almost everything down to the detail. Um, Even though my little anxiety problems and, you know, social anxiety, I'm able to handle a con like nothing. Oh, my God. I just thought it was obnoxious cosplay ever. What? A packaged action figure. (laughs) (laughs) Just walking around with a giant cardboard backing and a little bubble around you, just like... I've seen like a, a zombie Barbie cosplayer at one time yeah. on the internet. I was like, oh my god, that is so cool. <laughs> but the thing is, like, I planned down, but as soon as my foot enters that doorway that says, well, you know, that little archway that says, well, to such and such, my plan just goes out the window. It's just like, screw it. <laughs> I'm going <Yeah>. left. <laughs> every, every person for themselves, you know. <laughs> I can't imagine, I can't imagine going to San Diego. Just it's, it's, it, it, my mind would just be gone. You'd have to mentally prepare just and, to walk in. Yeah, and also for those who who are uh, virgin, it, I I describe those who've never been into a show. It's like having sex for the first time. It is. It is. Uh, it's painful. There might be a little bit of blood. It's awkward. It, everything you want right there. Everything, everything you, think you, you want. want right. For a while, you don't make eye contact with anybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it costs you a lot of money. money. <laughs> uh, but if you're once everything's done, you're walking out, hopefully happy with a limp and hungry and wanting a smoke. <laughs> and and, and uh, for those... Beware that if it's a media show or they're media guests or celebrities, prepare to pay for an autograph. Prepare for 
be prepared for that because uh, a relative of mine he went to his first show this past few months ago and he went because where he lives in South Carolina um, he wants to see William Shatner because he was an old fan of the Star Trek series so he uh, saw the back of Will Shatner's head (laughs) and and I I told him it's like be prepared more Will Shatner than I've ever seen <laughs> and, and, was, and I told him, it's like, uh, listen, um, be prepared to pay like $50, $60 for his autograph. He went, what? I said, be prepared to pay money for his autograph. And he was just shocked because he's maybe about a few years older than I am. And he remembers, like, when I went to my first Philly show that if there was a media celebrity. You didn't have to pay because it was all on the show. And now you pay, you know, $50, $60 for certain celebrities that was another good thing about AwesomeCon. They listed the prices inside oh. the guide. Oh, convenient! It was very so. You, it's not like a surprise when you walk up. Like right, that. but um, it was. But it might have been five, ten dollars off. But still, you had a baseline. Right. So, meaning, if a certain celebrity charged, it said twenty dollars in the book, yeah. and they said thirty. Yeah. It, it wasn't that much of a, a, a shock. Right, you, right. you know, you, you still were said, able to. Yeah. Planned, but I knew like Sean Astin was um, fifty to sixty dollars, and with always going to a show like at 100, but you know, it's, maybe I'm just thinking of like um, Mark Ham- Mark Hamill's one twenty five. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, considering his but, geek status. Yeah, I'm paying to sign my face. Oh, that's always that's <laughs> when you when you're um, <laughs> what's that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when when you. Planning that always plan high. That way, if yeah. they're like sixty bucks and you find out they're forty, you have always that twenty dollars to either put for another autograph or other geek related stuff in the show. Celebrity autographs are way cheaper than sports autographs. Yeah, sports autographs are stupid expensive. Not to mention you have that aspect of well, is it fake or if you're buying from a vendor, geek collectors or autograph hounds, people that do just movie stars and things, they don't resell a lot of times. Guys that get stuff autographed by sports figures, high on the resell. High on the retail, high on the like, you know, putting it right out as soon as it gets signed. That's just how they are. There's a guy here in Martinsburg that sells used DVDs and memorabilia posters and the whole he travels the same circuit that we would travel in and gets a lot of the same media people. So him selling a a poster with uh, Mark Hamill's signature on it might be one 150, which is 25 for the poster and you know yeah. the signature, which is you're factoring it not bad, but you know it's authentic because he's traveling to the same circles right, right, we are. Right, right. So, and it's framed, right. so you're paying for everything. Oh, that, yeah, so so you, that's a that's a bargain and a half, <laughs> right? And when I seen him, it's like I could hear them being. If I wasn't saving up for the show, I was I could hear my wallet being sucked out of my pants and money just. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> You're lucky I'm poor. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy that pie I know my second time I went to a convention, I uh, we almost didn't make it back home because I couldn't get my, my credit card to work. <laughs> <laughs> it's not working. Why can't I pull anything out? I need gas money. Well, that, that's home. another good point. <laughs> yeah. When you're away from home, always take cash money because you are never certain, or at least loaded onto one of those little green cards, or what is prepaid it? Prepaid Visa. Green dot or whatever. Yeah, prepaid Visa cards, whatever it is. Because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. It could get lost or stolen. 
which Green Dot replaces every dollar as soon as you report it, pretty much. Um, also, like, you know, a lot of times you'll run into that problem with your bank. Like, sometimes, yeah. oh, bank holiday, guess what? You forgot about it. <laughs> your bank's not working today. Surprise payment! Yeah, surprise, something got sucked out of your bank. Hell, Netflix, goddamn you! <laughs> uh, so, yeah, take either cash or Green Dot or, you know, one of those preloaded uh, credit cards. That is smart. And kind of moving on from there, it, it to kind of bring in Zombie Bunny in on this a little bit more, is the cosplayers. Uh, is yes. a, um, I have a love and hate with the, the cosplay community because you, it's a hobby, it's a great hobby, but you have a lot of people that it's seem to be, it's a hot, I'm sure it is, but you have a lot of friendly people. I could rattle off at least one name. Her name's Joe. She's a G.I. Joe cosplayer. Met her at AwesomeCon. She was the only friendly face I, you know, that welcomed me there that I knew, and I would love to introduce you to her because she, um, she was friendly. She would be more, probably more than willing to talk to you about the hobby, and uh, but there are a lot of fucking snobs, mm-hmm. literally fucking snobs. I think I've met a couple. And it, they were like two or three cosplay guests at AwesomeCon. We saw one of them go through, and she had, like, an entourage, and she, her nose was, like, surgically removed from the center of her face and put on her chin. And so she had to kind of, like, look down at all of everybody. Like, it, that's the new thing. It's like, I'm a cosplayer. I'm better than all you, you low-life fanboys. Well, my first time going to a convention, we had walked up to this booth that's a professional cosplayer at the top, and she had, like, little... Little things you can buy, like uh, um, pictures of her in a bikini or other cosplay yeah, stuff. And She's selling herself. She, she ask her like it's one of those things where I, I, I'm not gonna say this about every single, and especially not about girls, because that's the thing. That there's plenty of girls in, the, in cosplay. Yeah. They're also into the books, and everything else. But that's somebody taking advantage of the culture and using it for their own. They're just trying to put themselves out as a icon or a person. Yeah, I, I walked up, I was like, oh my gosh, cosplay is so awesome. I want to start making costumes. This is so awesome. Where'd you get your costume? She's like, I bought it. Go out and buy one if you want to wear one. I was like, what? That, really? Um, the, no. The profes- one professional one, um, she, I think she went by Kitty, not Kitty, um, but her name's Meredith right now. Uh, she's now because cosplay is the norm. She's went by her own name. Right. I'll use her first name. It's Meredith, and she told me. I said I asked her. You know, what's the deal with a lot, a lot of these professional, uh, quote unquote, you know, people cons bringing these cosplayers in as get quote unquote guests? And she said, well, for me, me, I won't do that. Meaning, she said um, a lot of fans see them as model, like models like professional models so they're they want to get a model quote unquote models autograph she said I'll only do a show to share my hobby like doing a panel to share my hobby to know for those who want to cosplay how to make their own uh, props how to make their own outfits that's yeah the right attitude but there are a lot that you know self-serving self-serving they're to me, it's a different. If I see zombie beef, zomb- about about to say zombie beef, or that wrong. Uh, <laughs> what did um, you zombie beef? <laughs> zombie. 
beef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen some zombie beef at the uh, supermarket. It's that great package that says, like, yesterday's date on it and they want still one dollar for it. Zombie so bunny, you know, that if I see her at a show, I'm going to say, hey, how you doing? And But there's a few that I've seen that I know, and I'll mention their, uh, or whatever they go by online, like Joe. It's like, hey, Joe, how you doing? And she'll respond, hey, how you doing? Where do I know you from? And it's, hey, Facebook, oh, how you doing? You know, shake hands. But there are people, it's like, I know who they are. I know your real name. I called you out. I know you from Facebook. I said, it's me, the Rev from Facebook. And they're like, no, I am Wonder Woman, or I am Liberty from Tick. I should be known as... No, I just called you out. You know, just, you know, break character. Be a person. Be a person. But there are, there are people that, you know, will break, you know, that... If I don't know them, and they're in character, and they want to be in character, that's different. I'll say, hey, Harley Quinn, and they are literally responding, Harley right. Quinn, which is fun as... You're asking for that, though. Yeah, you're asking for that. And... When I went to um, Baltimore last year, there was someone dressed up as, um, uh, what's the movie that had um, Malcolm McDowell in it? Um, the, no, the, he was one <laughs> of the Clockwork, Clockwork Orange. Orange. Right. And she was dressed up as that. The Droogs. One of the, in the Droogies. Droogies outfit. And she as she was walking by, I went, Clockwork Orange cosplay, right? And she went, Yes, and she literally went to her boy. I caused an argument with her boyfriend <laughs> because she ran after her boyfriend and said, "Going, see, I told you someone will recognize who I was." <laughs> and I caused another argument at um, Awesome Con because they were dressed up from Pr- Princess Bride. Right. One was dre- dressed up as Princess Buttercup, another one was the Dread Pirate Roberts. Uh-huh. She wanted him to go see a celebrity, and he didn't want to go. And I just walk up, turn to him, and go. The proper response is. As you wish and follow. <laughs> and I walked off. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, I remember when we were at uh, was a horror find. Yeah. And a guy walked by. He was with that group. And I said, Teen Ape! Yeah, like, no, what? it was Mania. Yeah. Mania. And he got freaked out because he didn't know that like somebody would recognize Teen Ape. <laughs> From this little bit B-movie production. I mean, going to cons is fun. Plan what you can. Uh, ask if you know people that... Went to shows, asked them for advice. There's a lot to go. Wear comfy shoes. Wear, get yourself yeah, some. Really. You know, wear comfy shoes. Don't wear high heels unless it's part of the character. Uh, bring a camera. Uh, trust me, it's like going. It's also. Can I get on something real yeah, quick? go ahead. While we're still in the realm of cosplaying, yeah. camera. Okay. I don't like when they want to charge you for stuff. Yeah. The cosplayers. Have you ever experienced that? I have not. If you're if you're somewhere, usually if somebody says, "Hey, can I take a picture of you?" What is your response? My friend says, "Sure." Yeah, and you strike a pose. And strike a pose. Bang. So there are some cosplayers now who are like twenty dollars. What? Yeah, and they will charge you outside of the con. This is where I have a problem with cosplayers. Cosplayers who distract from the main event, who are not a part of the event other than showing yeah, up and paying for it. That's why I've been hearing through some of the grapevines online, some of the geek websites, yeah. um, that you have comic creators, I want to, uh, God rest his soul, uh, Herb Tremp, right. the creator of Wolverine, in essence he first created, put Wolverine to paper. Um, I'm going to just use him as an example. It's like you have creators like him that say, I'm not going to go to 
certain cons that have a high cosplay count because a lot of non-geeks are going in who don't know anything about the characters they're playing or the dressing up and they're just dressing up just to be a part or get a free pass to do something and or earn 20 extra dollars and when this different creator they said when I've asked them about that they don't know who I am they don't know in essence they're dressing up a cr- right. as a character I created right. and they don't know that well that, and, and not only that but my aspect is that you have dealers and vendors who have paid for table space sometimes three four hundred dollars per table to be there to sell their wares and if it's like artists who are getting paid to be there to give out their autographs who are charging money then you have cosplayers just walking in, a self-spectacle, demanding money, and you know, for autographs and for pictures and for other things, distracting from the main thing. That's where, like, my departure is with with cosplayers. I don't like when they distract from the show. I think cosplaying is a wonderful thing. I think it's great. It really shows like the depth of someone's fandom. You, you have, and some people take it really seriously. And do it because they love it. But then, like, you have the, the negative aspect. Now, you can't just harp on the whole thing because of the negative aspect, right? Yeah. But the negative aspect is, seems to be taking over, and that's what I don't like. And, and if you go to a, um, not to mention it's like a lot of attitude, like I said, the attitude. Some, like, hey, can I get a fo- photo? I had 15 photos today. I'm not, yeah. what Why the hell did you show, show up? up? You know, like... Yeah, granted, private. You know, you Her you might was exactly, exactly <laughs> the right answer. <laughs> like what? It's like, it's like you you go there. Your privacy is pretty much gone that day. Like yeah. If you if you're pl- if you're planning to dress up, dress up fine. Just kiss your schedule. What you who you wanted autographs from? Goodbye. Because you're you, you pulled to the side. side. You're gonna have people taking, taking pictures pic- of you. Yep. Some people sneaking pictures of you when you're not looking. And with, oh, uh, that was an issue of um, one show last year. Uh, there were a couple of uh, people dressed as Jedi's with uh, selfie sticks, taking. They were literally taking upskirt pics of other cosplayers oh. with selfie sticks and hiding them. Oh, oh, that's yeah. called smash their camera. And, but they didn't know. They didn't. The no, people didn't know. Somebody saw yeah. it. And they, they saw. Something. They. But there was no way to prove it. I know. I would have just walked up and smashed their fucking phone. So that that's why a lot. You know. This is, why I, this is why I choose characters that don't wear skirts. <laughs> Hell, I'm punchy. I almost got in a fight with a warlock motorcycle guy today. Which <laughs> is why I was late. <laughs> well, screw the show notes. We want to know. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's another thing, folks. That's another podcast. <laughs> For those who remember us on the electric we didn't have show notes. Now we do uh, because we want to be a little bit more professional. Uh, but um, from a from a uh, the other side of the table, yes. uh, what goes in? What should someone who might be a uh, wanting to sell their wares or so forth and so on as someone who's been on that side of the table? Well, what should they expect or? Um. As a creator, or you know, just someone who has something to bring to the to the show to to show people, um, you're going to want to put yourself out there as much as possible. Um, lots of promotional uh, things, like you know, if you have uh, freebies, like you know, pins, um, yeah, like like little drawings or something you can yeah. sell, or things to hand out, business cards, 
have that on your table, have lots of artwork, have you know, or what you know, whatever you do, whether it's sell photos or you know, whatever you know, books or uh, if you're even if you're a cosplayer that wants to put yourself out there, <laughs> um, have lots of material um, that people can take with them because there's so much to take in at a con that again people aren't going to focus on you that day. They're going to come by and they're going to leave. Like they're going to touch everything you have first. And they're going to pick it all up and they're going to go, oh, that's cool, blah, blah, blah. And you're going to have to constantly read, you know, fix your table. But they're going to come by and they're just going to, like I said, touch all your stuff and then they're going to walk away to the next person. So you want something that people can grab quickly and just keep moving. And then that way they can check you out later on uh, via social media, via, you know, websites, you know, whatever. And something that they can, cool, that they can add to their collection and hopefully come back to. So and again, beware that um, a lot of cons charge between, I'll say on the low end, three hundred dollars and upper. I know. Table, yeah, yeah. With the, the discounts come after a certain amount of tables. Usually, if you're just an artist, it's especially like Artist Alley. They try they they keep it on the low end, but they have limited space, so you have to get in there pretty early to get it. Um. You want to be known, and you want to definitely have lots of promotional materials that people can't grab. You want to have, like, banners, and you want to have a tablecloth, and, you know, what's your name on it. Um, you want to stand out. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. I heard uh, on the upper end of things that uh, from a couple of independent artists that Wizard World charges up to $1,000 a table. Because That's why... Because of the, the status. status. I'm guessing Baltimore has gone up since the last time I was there. Yeah. Um, if it's a well-known con, yeah. If it's a well-known con, you're going to have a lot of uh, people in Artist Alley that you don't have handlers. You're doing everything yourself. And you're jam-packed right beside other people. Uh, be unique. Be, yeah. Uh, yeah, Because be, you kind of want to stand out from the other yeah. idiots. Doing get there early. <laughs> set up early. Like, we were... The thing opened at, what, 10? Yeah, it always... Uh, like nine or ten, ten yeah. we were there at like seven because you want to feel the place out you want to see like where the traffic's coming in you know what kind of like where everybody's going to be walking how much space you have who's your neighbors be kind to the people on either side <laughs> because you have to deal with them for two to three days yeah that, that fight club mentality there your single serving friend yeah, for like your two single serving friend and don't leave a mess go ahead uh, then uh I've heard from a couple artists, like, they, they buy a table with another artist so that they can split the table. Share the table. Don't just give them that much of the no, table. Yeah, yeah, especially if you're sharing. If they've paid, make sure that, you know, you have ample space to sell your That's the thing. I mean, if you're a single guy coming in there, a girl that's got, you know, something, just, you know, have enough space to where, like, it's what you need. Like, if you can share it, share it. Um, we took a whole table of that one. The neighbors didn't like the people that we were with, and that's another story. But that that would be one of my things. You've got to deal with these people for a while. So make sure that you are you come in, you say, hey, how you doing? I'm so-and-so. I'm doing this. Give them your stuff. Take some of their stuff. You know, be nice. Go around, make the rounds. Buy from other people. Like, you know, that's that's how you network yeah. within a con. What a con's supposed to be. It really is. It's, yeah. it's supposed to be a convention uh, where people of like minds come together and they share ideas. And the thing is, I think I told that to somebody one Baltimore is that uh, we're the, the fans are the, the the in essence the bees of the show. And he was like, "What do you mean?" It's like, "Well, 
we could buy your your stuff. You're an independent writer, you know, artist, whatever. We could have your stuff on the top of the pile. We could go to a major booth who might not be hiring right now, but they might be inquiring, where'd you get that? And, hey, you, you know, we got it from, like, down in Artist Alley, and they'll probably send somebody down there. Uh, what gets me is that, uh, you're, again, you're an artist yourself. Both of you are artists. I don't is, sell anything, but, uh, I stuff. But, but still, I guess both of you can kind of relate, just that there are some artists I've met that I like to buy page art and yeah. so forth and so on. There are some independents that, you know, they're kind enough to say, hey, I, I'd rather have this part of my portfolio just in case I get bigger. And they're polite enough to know that here's a fan who's trying to pay respects and wants to add something of yours to their collection. But you have some people that, when I went to one show, they were independent. They were, in essence, in my eyes, I won't say I know, I'm saying it badly. They were nobody. They're, they're low level. But, and they were charging $300 for the page art. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. You're, you might be an up and coming group but this is your first issue and you're and or the first issue that your your group is printing out and you're charging $300 for your page art because I like it See, and you had an attitude some amazing page art yeah. stuff that like is crazy in terms of like actual like effort that people are 20 bucks yeah the, honest to god pencil on a piece of paper went in a book published 20 and, and that's a person that's just trying to get themselves out there. Yeah, and they're getting the money back for the, the table. And see, and the thing is about the $300 page art guy, he, he's not going to last. He's, just he, not, he th- he's got that ego that he's trying to stroke. Yeah, he's not going to last. He's definitely not going to make his table. <laughs> no, no. Uh, we, uh, we've seen people that have... I'm not saying give stuff away. Yeah. By, by any imagination. If he said 50 bucks or something like that, that's, you know, hey... It's still that's, in the realm of reasoning. Yeah, you know? but we've we've known people that have tables in Artist Alley, and they're big name people, and it was like they're charging their prices for it, and they were like more than happy to you know do yeah. that. Well, being an artist and charging for your work is, is a hard thing. You probably know this. If somebody, I'm sure you've drawn something, and somebody's like, "Oh man, that's great! How much is that?" And you're like, oh, "Just take it." <laughs> Because, well, I mean... <laughs> I've never really had anybody do that to me. Oh, uh, okay. I've had a lot of people do that to me. They're like, how much you want to give you for it? I'm just like, just here, have it. Because anymore, and this is something that I declared, I'm sick of it. Especially with my paintings. Because people fight over them. And people bitch and moan about prices and stuff. And I'm just like, you know what? If somebody likes something that I do enough, but they are interested in it that much, here. Reminds me of when I had a yard sale one time. I was selling a whole bunch of uh, Blue's Clues uh, paperware. People were fighting them for them. Right. This lady had stacked up a whole bunch of them. It was paying me for it. And this other lady came up, you know, innocently just trying to see what was there. And she's like, back off, they're mine. Yeah. People <laughs> are crazy. And uh, like I said, we've, we've seen big name people that are like the utmost polite over like yeah. when... When I used to go to shows with, with money, I'm talking money, money. Yeah. Um, I think the one year I went, he, that he went first and met Rob Liefeld, uh, I went with seventeen hundred dollars. I was gonna say you probably threw down like over a thousand dollars. I think I walked away from that show with still hundred dollars left over, yeah. and 
just con money left over. And Rob Liefeld sold me the great piece that's on my Facebook page. He had marked $600 on it, but he sold it for me for $300. Just $300. He's like, I've been trying to sell it for years. It's my favorite piece. Yeah, I didn't even see the price on it. Like, how much are you asking? And you can negotiate. Yeah. Those prices are not set. Yeah, and it's like three hundred dollars. Really? <laughs> I got three hundred dollars. Yeah. A lot of times, those guys are like, you know, what if I can sell a piece and have that money in my pocket? Okay. But in yeah. on the flip side, it's like you have people like that, and Bill. I'll say his name. I'm probably butchering his last name. Billy Tucci, T U C C I. And that one year we went. It was also Michael Turner, one of his last shows before he passed away. He was a real... Michael Turner was a, a real ass that year. I'm not... I don't want to... I know I'm... Speaking ill of the dead. dead. Speaking ill of the dead. But he was a real asshole that year and came in the last of his signing time and he didn't want to sign shit and he was like giving me the brush off and I was going to buy page art off of him and some of his... His low end was like $200 and his high end was like twelve grand. I literally picked up a book of 23 pages and it, none of them was less than 12 grand. Yeah. And I went, you know what? In my head I was going, you know what? Screw you. And I walked over to Billy Tucci's booth, got a page off of him for 200 bucks and he, Billy was the happiest guy on the planet. He was like, if you're going to be here later, come on, you know, we'll have dinner. He <laughs> was like, thank you for buying this page off of me. But, um, and you have people, like one year I got that little uh, newspaper strip off art for 40 bucks yeah. I always wanted strip art from oh, like a newspaper okay. and it was like how much is it $35 each I'm like I got $35 and, yeah. you know and it was like, like here's 40 sure? he's like Here, here's 40 and it's like I don't have change keep the extra 5 you know yeah. and it's like just don't your art is negotiable it's like it here, is. here's 40 and keep it I always wanted one in my collection thank you I always tell people if you want to give me some money okay but I'm not going to charge you for it. And she was surprised that someone was giving her 40 bucks for you know for something that they wanted. That's probably why I don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> Take my money. But I, then I, again, you have a two-and-a-half-year-old child. Well, this is true. That's probably why I don't have any money. <laughs> I want a toy. Okay. <laughs> Yesterday, brought Batman. God damn it. Six and, and how many you're, Batmans you're, does he have now? All probably 30. <laughs> and you're pissed that he took each one out of the cardboard <laughs> oh, no, I don't care about it. You know, my it's no longer a collectible. What's left, what's left of my collection that I had, like my Galactus stuff? I give it to him. That reminds me of when my little brother was still little. Yeah. My mom and dad had a collection of like a Star Wars. These little, these little like planes or the, the ships, like the, the Tie Fighter and the the X Wing and the Y Wing. They had these all up on the shelf, and my little brother would like take them down and play with them. And I'm just like, no, don't play with them. And I was like, oh, it's fine, it's fine, just let them play with them. Yeah, with their toys. I, like, a lot of people were like cringing. Oh no, how could you? But no, I, seriously, I, a lot of that stuff. I'm, when he gets older, that collection will start building back up again. Trust me. But for now. Like, it's yard sales and stuff yeah. that he could just. See. You don't really care that he pulls the arms off, right? Did we buy him the only new stuff? Well. We buy a lot of new stuff, but as far as collectibles, the little boxed figures that are mystery yeah. figures when you get them, you ever see those? Yeah, yeah. we get them those all the time. We he he loves them. Like last night, he got like a black Manta, and he was freaking out because he like doesn't know who he is, but he's like, "You cool." <laughs> Things that you could easily amuse a two and a half year old. Yeah, I like those little mystery boxes, and we get the the portal ones all the time. You right. know, with the turrets and the. 
now they have uh, companion cubes yeah. and stuff like that. My sister will buy one and she starts to open it and I'm just like, turret! It's a turret! No jinx it! I have too many turrets! There are the rare ones though. Yeah, they're... Uh, but like, what's the one with the DC ones? It's like a... There's a green lantern, a white lantern, that's one in like 36, and then there's a white... Oh, what is it? A white Batman that's like... White Lantern? White Lantern, yeah. Oh, ooh. <laughs> she doesn't look. Uh, there was a color war with Green Lantern. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't know it was a color war. I was just kind of weirded out with the, you know, I was used to having the, the Green Lantern and the Yellow Lantern, but then right. it came with the Red Lantern. There's Red Lanterns, Blue Lanterns, uh, what's the other one? Mauve lanterns. Like, yeah, it's like purple lanterns. It's like purple. There's like uh, this red. Wait, there's green, exactly. yellow, red, um, blue, purple, black, 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 white. Um, Is there a rainbow? Then, yes. <laughs> then, then it's referred to the rainbow um, because I think uh, red is um, red is rage. One is um, greed. Fear. Uh, yellow is fear. Now this compassion. The thing is with the red, red because it literally, according to the uh, lore, from what I remember, the red uh, lanterns. Once it's inf- you don that ring, it takes out your blood and infuses you with the that lantern's power. And the only other lantern that could cure you is compassion. The compassion um, ring. Those who that, and huge storyline. Yeah, I mean it was huge. It, was, it lasted a year. And a half. And yeah, something like that. Then it went from black. Uh, the big reveal was the black lanterns, which black is death. Is then uh, it came to the white lanterns, which is life. And I mean, um, so Hal Jordan was the white lantern, and there, that was a big thing. Hey, something today. today. <laughs> I, I, it's still more than the the idiot that held the movie group that I went to for about eight months. He claimed he was a big comic geek and didn't know shit. Well, <laughs> the, if you asked me a lot of stuff that's happened right. in the last three years, no, I mean he, he he literally didn't know shit. And I'm like, he's like, there are four Blade movies. Wait a minute, no, there's not. Yes, there is. No, there's not. He went to his DVD collection. Which was maybe about 200 strong, and he pulled out this box that stomped over and showed it to me, and I said, "Dude, this is a three movie with the TV pilot." <laughs> he was like, "No, it ain't." I said, "Yes, it is." I understand it, but um, I'd say uh, to go on a previous topic, back on convention, the best cons- uh, cosplayer story I have is when I went to Philly one year. Someone was dressed up as I know now exactly what anime she was from. It's the Van Helsing, huh. but the uh, Van Helsing people kind of look like the Full Metal Alchemist type people, yeah, because they tend to wear the, the red the, coat. the red coats and you know the. She, but she looked exactly like Carmen Sandiego. You know, long black hair, the face, the big wide brimmed red hat, red coat, glove, white gloves, and I went up to her and said. I think I know which uh, anime you're from, but you kind of look like Carmen Sandiego. She went, I'm getting my boyfriend. <laughs> and she wandered off. Her, and her friends that were standing there, I'm within, from here to the wall, 
from the DC booth, which is not even 10 feet. And the guy's kind of, the volunteer at the DC booth is kind of watching what's going on. Because she obviously heard, I'm getting my boyfriend. And her friends were like, this, we know she looks like her in San Diego. She dressed up in the same outfit for Halloween last year, and she got the same response. Don't worry, you're fine. She came back with her boyfriend that was this scrawny little nothing of a person that I could have taken easily with one hit. And, but I was worried that they were kind of looked like big candy, you know, big, you know, muscular, you know. What you say? And she points at me and goes, do you know what he said to me about my outfit? And he just gave a look and did the hand gesture like, I don't know what. Go ahead. And he, he said, she says, he called me Carmen San Diego. And he just did the maneuver, maneuver like, yeah, well, look. Yeah. And, and she got this puss on her face and she didn't stomp off womanly or girly. She anime stomped off, which is the over exaggerated <laughs> no. stomp. St- literally, she went stiff and stomped. I mean, literally. Almost, I don't want to say goose step, but she the the knees went up chest high and stomped, oh. and everybody was just. I was all, I I had I was in the fetal position, laughing my ass off. I look over at the DC booth, the guys leaning on the table, literally dying laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those best con moments ever, you know. Just we had that in, uh, at Horrifying. We were waiting in line that Saturday morning, and right near the men's room, we didn't know that they had, like most bathrooms nowadays, they have that handicap button that you have to tap. I didn't know I tapped it, and the door squeaked open, and we're all waiting for, like, something to come out, and we didn't know because the door just opened all by itself, and we're just, we're at a horror show, and we're like, maybe it's a ghost. Nah, it can't be a ghost. And we're just like, Nah, somebody's got to come out. The door just opened by itself. No way a door could open by itself. Then all of a sudden, I look down. Oh, I hit the button. It opens up the door. And we just start laughing. <laughs> it's like, that was stupid and, you know, funny at the same time because it was just... <laughs> and you just have a bunch of people just like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> so, okay. Do you think that steampunk... Is cosplay. This is something I've, they keep showing up in shows. Yeah. And it's one of those things where. That's a touchy subject. You could say yes and get somebody mad. You could say no and get somebody else mad. Right. Say whatever's going to piss them off the most, we want listeners. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's one of those things I keep seeing it in abundance at shows now. A lot of steampunkers, I mean, not as much as there were like maybe a year or two, two years ago. But they show up, and it's like, what are you? Are there you was, here? Why are you here? <laughs> there, there was one at Baltimore, I want to say two years ago, that I don't know it, that it could be a tr- could have been a tranny. Right. But <laughs> it, 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 I won't say he's <laughs> steampunk, but they had the, the, the like a corset on, right. and I look at you know from a distance, like it looks like a sheep, but I'm getting this impression that it could be a he I don't I don't want to go up and ask you know <laughs> hey, don't, don't, don't do the crocodile <laughs> which uh, 
because you're a little young, which is pretty much he he ball checks somebody. Yeah. Literally goes up because he, uh, he's at a bar drunk, and the person that he's with says um, tells him because he's been flirting with this quote unquote woman all night, and he, the person he's with him goes, "Oh, that's a tranny, a what? Uh, someone who like a guy who likes to trans up, you know, dress up like a woman." And he walks up to the, the person he's flirting with and just cups the crotch. And, and literally, and it's just that funny moment because the person's like, how dare you? And he's like, wait a minute, it's a dude. You know, it's, you know so you don't want to do that at a show. It's a bloke. But, uh, like the steampunk thing, it, to me, it's, it's kind of like a groundless subculture. You can say yes and you can say yo. Yes, you can say yes by saying, like, some people will take a certain character, for example, Disney characters like Peter Pan or any other Disney character, and they will make it steampunk. Like, I saw a yeah. Peter Pan cosplayer. He had a little jetpack on. Which is cool. And goggles. Which I mean, is that's smart. It's smart. But, like, there is no steampunk, like, cult, like, media. There's nothing, like... Well, there's an anime called, um, oh, what is it called? I just watched it the other day. Steam Boy. That's technically steampunk. Technically, yeah, yeah, technically. It's one of those things where there's no major culture that generates it. It's kind of all in the person. If you want to write show, yeah, you could could pull it off. Oh, I want to. Uh, why are you dressed up like that? Oh, I'm dressing up as somebody from the Steam Boy universe. You know, yeah. you, you could pass that off. I mean, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've never seen, like, there's no, there's no TV show, there's no movie, there's no book. Maybe there's books, but there's, but there's no comics. There's no, you know, there's no There are a few comics, actually. There's, like, a few. Yeah, but it's, it's very small for the amount, what I'm saying, the amount of people that dress compared to the amount of media that there is, uh-huh. is ill-proportioned. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I don't understand where it comes from. I mean, it's it's okay. I like it. It's fun. But there's... I mean, if you go on YouTube, you put Steampunk, there is tutorial after tutorial, just like a cosplay uh, tutorial, how to make a bubbly backpack, how to make a, a gun out of an old Nerf gun, like, you know, all that stuff. And it's creative, and I like it, I just don't get it. <laughs> what, what I think is cool is to see the, the, the steampunk computers. Yeah, no, those the, are, the, uh, those are like awesome. But again, where does it come from? It's like, well, it's like Victorian times, but Neo-Victorian, like, actually. Okay, Neo-Victorian times, but an alien crash landed and now we have technology. I, you know, I, I get it, but I wish there was more stuff to it. I wish there was like more culture, more literature, more something with like a universe that you could draw from. You know? Yeah, I understand your point. Yeah. But. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. It's like I don't get Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> you ever watch Doctor Who? I'm so behind. I'm the worst geek ever. I've never watched Doctor Who. Like, I, I, like when I was little, I remember when I was like, eh, British people suck. <laughs> Where's wrestling? Uh, we have we have somebody uh, somewhere to uh, this will come up later when we do our music show with uh, someone. It's you're not going to be a part of it, but I want he knows a lot oh, about music, and someone sure. else knows a lot about music and deep into the culture. So that we're going to do that. Someone at where we work thinks you know the rapper DMX. Yeah, he thinks DMX is a wrestler. What? What? He, yeah, he thinks DMX is a wrestler. 
if you mention a band like Metallica, right. he thinks they're from the 1960s. Ouch. Want me to jump across the table? <laughs> <laughs> Don't flip the table. We got the recording. Oh, <laughs> there goes the podcast. Um, wow. Um, How old? Uh, he's young, probably twenty-one. Okay. You know who I should bring for that same podcast? My friend Mike's neighbor. It's this old gay dude, but he's, <laughs> but he's covered in Motorhead tattoos and he loves metal. I should bring him. And and Donnie, the thing is, his name's Donnie. Uh, the person uh, we know, he, he's a big uh, Pearl Jam fan. He's going to be sitting on. Wow. Where you're uh, a guitarist, you know, guitar. He's drummer, so it's kind of back and like back and forth. Yeah. And and I mentioned Pearl Jam to the same person we know. He's like, oh, they're from the '60s. I'm like, oh, you're lucky. This person and the one manager are not here. And he's like, why? If I was work, I'd call over one of the leads and say. Yeah, uh, one manager that used to work with his name is Bert. Big Pearl Jam fan. I mean, huge Pearl Jam fan. I'd be, I would have been like, Bert, would you come down to the like, door like 42 for a minute? Uh, uh, no rush, just come on down. I just need to speak to you for a moment. Uh, you mind stopping by the break room and getting some popcorn? I'm going to need it. <laughs> I am not a Pearl Jam fan. Uh, it just, it, you know, it's just like, just to see Bert come down, it's like, uh, Bert, uh, he thinks Pearl Jam's from the 1960s, and they suck. Uh, by the way, did you get me that drink and popcorn? <laughs> Thank well, you. <laughs> this is one of those things, like, you know, I mean, if you didn't grow up with it, it's kind of like... Uh, oh, no, I grew up with it. My dad gave me, like, a whole bunch of Pearl Jam CDs for my for Christmas, and I didn't even say I wanted Pearl that's Jam. That's why you don't like it. That's why you don't like, like it. Can I, can, huh. I, can I go ahead and interject? That's go ahead. Go ahead. Pat Oswalt said, <laughs> and I have to live by this, so it sucks. You've got to be a boring parent. You cannot introduce your kids to the stuff that you actually like till they're way older, because otherwise they're just going to like it's, everything. The opposite of everything. It's why I had, uh, for the longest time, my arch nemesis was Barry Manilow. Right. Uh, because my mom loved Barry Manilow, so I I hate Barry. I hate Barry Manilow, right? It's up until. Right when my mom passed away, that I decided to bury the hatchet with, you know, in my eyes, bury the hatchet with Barry, Barry Manilow, and I've had friends like, all right, who's going to be your arch nemesis now? David Bowie. <laughs> and they're like, wait a minute, why David Bowie? My ex was the biggest fan. <laughs> and they're like... <laughs> honestly, if your mother had grown up saying... I listen to the Misfits. You fucking hate the Misfits. <laughs> Likewise, she got a stack of Pearl Jam CDs. Fuck uh, Pearl Jam. My dad likes this shit. Seriously, that's I mean, and that's when, how it works. When I was growing up, it was like I remember a scene when their song first came out, ACDC. I think it was ACDCs. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, Money talks. Right. And I loved. It. I seen it was like during the Grammys. Always watched it with the folks every year. And they were out singing Money Talks, and the whole they had the fake money dro- right. dropping down. And they just both turned to me like, you're never listening to this type of music ever. And now you're like, DC Rocks. My dad, mm-hmm. when I was growing up, he said... It wasn't until I met people like yeah. you that, you know, just like, oh, you got to listen to... Yeah. Because I was stuck listening to Billy Joel, you know... You in, remember the sounds of the 60s commercials. Remember yeah. that's what he said? They used to sell the CD sets on, on, on TV. Well, 
there used to be like they play cream in a white room with black curtains. And like I was like, this is cool, this is my jam. And this is when I was a little kid. And I would walk around the house to sit because I didn't know any part of that song except for what was on the commercial. My dad goes, Are you singing that acid rock? I go, what? What's acid rock? <laughs> and we, we had a friend that... And he was like, I don't want you ever listening to that acid rock. And I was like, I'm going to listen to that we, acid rock. We, 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 had a, we have a friend. Um, we knew a guy where we used to work. His name um, was Greg Blaney. And he was a big a DJ hook in the Grief Counselors. It's nineteen, a literally 60s and 70s band. And... He got me into them with a couple of their songs, and I'm. My mom picked up this like little collections, but thing from the 1960s, and the cover on the Rolling. She popped it in the C, my CD player, and cover of the Rolling Stone by you know DJ Hook and you know, the Grief Club. I'm like, I know that band. <laughs> she looks at me like, How do you know this band? Because <laughs> one of my cool friends listens to them. <laughs> Four dogs playing. <laughs> Four dogs. Jesus Chrysler himself. Jesus Chrysler. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, he got me so drunk back one day that I met him. I saw him like five years ago after I moved here at the Union Jack, and it was because of him my uh, pub crawl stopped at the Union Jack because you see an old friend, you have to have share a few beers and some. Yeah, I got so drunk I couldn't leave my car. <laughs> I, d- I thought I, I had that drunk moment that you think you're able to do something, and it's not until later you realize you're not going to be able My th- thought was I could walk off my drunkenness in less than 30 minutes yeah. by just w- doing a lap around the downtown Winchester. Yeah. That was, that was our <laughs> All right, we'll just do a couple of, Or the make that I fell asleep on the fucking parking garage. <laughs> <laughs> we were tore the fuck up. Anyway. Yeah, the first night of the Union Jack, we had the high-end beer. Yeah, let's drink, like, all the high-end beer. We're not talking high-end price. We're talking alcohol content that's above 10%. Yeah. So, I literally, we were like, We can handle two beers. No, two beers. No, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to lay down for a minute. Yeah, my thing with... And Blaney has this big... We're not talking... You know the big glass I had? Right. One of those. It's like the size of a two-liter bottle mm-hmm. of beer. And my is thought is... Like a German beer stuff? You know, right. And it's... I'm like, he's drinking this beer. I'm like, I, got, I already had a 12% and a 10% beer. And I was working on my third... Just finished up my third 12, 10% beer. And I turned to the bartender. I want what he's having. Oh. And he said, that's a yingling, right? Yes. <laughs> and I... <laughs> and at the end of it, after I feel a little bit sober, I have another beer, which... For last call, uh-huh. let me try that apple cider beer. <laughs> yeah, the one that looks like Adam and Eve with the snake around the apple. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, I I didn't make it home. Yeah, I I just tossed the key. You know, opened my windows a crack, put the tossed the keys way out on the side, and just passed out. Yeah. Oh. I, when I woke up at seven a.m., I was still a little bit drunk. Oh yeah. But, to say the least. <laughs> um, My dad grew up in Germany, so he'll probably, probably keep saying, like, what's good beer and what's not good beer. He likes German beer better than... Mur- Murphy's, the beverage, beer Murphy's Beverage Company in Winchester. If there's, are they still there? Yeah. They, they sell a lot of foreign beer. There's, lot of, also, there's a lot of them now. There's Murphy's. There's also another place. Uh, it's called the General Store. 
But they have like one of those make your own six packs, but they yeah. have like a room like bigger than like probably two of these rooms, just full of just crazy international everything. <laughs> I've never gotten stinking drunk, but I've got tipsy before. Uh, and uh, as soon as we get our old to the listeners, as soon as we get our old shows, uh, we will be posting a beer show at some point. My so dad will probably be present. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, it, it'll be on the site. Um, uh, kind of move it along a little bit, and congrats. We should congratulate ourselves. We are past the one-hour mark Yay! by Yay! 14 minutes. Uh, me and Big Candy know that problem. We had a problem with our old old shows that we couldn't go past a half hour. Run out of things to talk about. No, no, the, the, no. The, the The software is designed that we couldn't record past a half an hour, but because of our theme song, it was because of the theme song we had. We could have adjusted it, which would have slowed down our theme song drastically sure. but it would uh, um, increase the show to an hour and that's it mm-hmm. um, but <laughs> we could put it in here it won't affect it won't affect shit it was, uh, it was one part uh, Rocky Horror Picture show another part punk and another part Gorilla Biscuits Gorilla <laughs> Biscuits <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of move along uh, what, you know uh, what are you all watching or planning on watching Coming up or YouTube, whatever. I don't have cable anymore, but, but <laughs> I did go see uh, uh, Terminator Jimmy's this last night. That was good. Uh, that was you know, for those who vote, for those who haven't seen it yet, if you didn't watch the trailer, don't watch the trailer because it does reveal some things, not all. And I hate spoilers. It, it, it's awful. Um, but it kind of, I think Big Candy will back me up a little bit on this. It kind of has elements of the first three. Dude. Four films? For For the first, like, after they do the future stuff, that's all I'm going to say, after they do the future stuff, when it goes back to 1984... It's almost scene scene for scene. scene. Till... Till they throw you the curveball. Right. Scene for scene? uh, Like, it's almost scene for scene remake of... Of the first. Wow. Scene for for scene. scene. Okay, of that scene for scene. What? What? I've foreseen the scene. But, um... (laughs) One one person told me it's like what do you mean it, it has a little bit of everything, uh, the f- uh, it has it starts you off in the future war which is kind of reminiscent of the I want to say the the latest it was what Salvation yeah it was like Terminator Salvation which is that element then it had when it initially starts you off it has the first movie in essence as that stepping stone then it shows uh, elements of the second movie with the there's T one thousands in it. And it has aspects of the third movie. They use dialogue from the first movie a lot. Yeah. Like, in terms of, like, the theme of the movie. Yeah. Like, things that Kyle Reese said to, you know... They did a they did a get, damn good job of yeah. re, redoing it. Somebody watched that movie and said, we need to... We a lot need, of it... We it, need to throw this back. Because I remember, I, I talked to you, like, a couple of days ago, and I expressed my concerns about that. I was like... Yeah, but they don't do enough of this, and you're like, wait a minute, yes, they do. <laughs> so and yeah, they they actually threw back a lot of dialogue and a lot of like you know the whole thing. Yeah. Like, tell you know when you see her, tell her this, but then they throw that curveball. Yeah, and the there's um, I said there's elements of each of the three. You you have to see if you've seen the all four. There's elements of all all four in there. Not in, so much three though. Uh, the uh, MRI scene. Well, that's true too. That that's all we're gonna say. This an MRI scene. It's 
you'll see. If you're f- fans, you'll see when you watch the movie. There's, uh, it's a limit of, a little bit reminiscent of the third that movie in there. Credit scene. Damn it. <laughs> and uh, for when I um, Matt Smith is in it. Yeah. Um, mm. uh, that that pe- that yeah. that piqued Zombie Bunny's interest. It, the funny thing is that when you see him in it, it they, they kind of hold your you know him on that. You're like, wait a minute, that's Matt Smith. Why is it an Easter egg that doc you know the doctors and you know yeah. part of this universe? But they toss you a curve. I'm not. We're not going to say what the curveball. It's like they're focusing. They want you to focus in on them. Are they doing it for the fans, or are they are they doing it for something else? Right. And you have to watch the movie to see. I, I'll say I'll give it a good hard seven and a half. Oh, I'd give it at least an eight, eight and a half. Well, probably a hard eight and a half, at least. Cause it, just because of how they tied up the universes. You know, minus the TV show, but yeah, they tied it up really good. You know, they they did a good job of you know. Arnold was phenomenal. The scene where they're when they get arrested and they're trying to when he grins. (laughs) 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 That's one of the things you'll see in the trailers. But if you haven't uh, seen the trailers, don't worry about it. They they um, Sarah Connor in this tries to make. Arnold, uh, the protector, so to speak, yeah. smile, and it's just this goofy, smiley, just disturbing, and they've left it open so there's they could do a whole. Friend. It's not doing that well in the box office there because be sequel, there probably will be a sequel. It's the next Final Fantasy, <laughs> <laughs> a remake but, of a video game of a part seven, and it's um, Everybody, it's. The thing with that is, uh, I think James Cameron was part of this as well, this movie. Yeah. And funny story about that, it goes to the movie group that I was a part of. The, the, the guy who ran it, we were what, he refused any other, interact, like Netflix, rentals. He wanted to use it, like, you've got to have some sort of variety other than what you got. Right. You're, you're rerunning, when I was there for at least six months, eight months, you are starting to rerun his movies. I'm like, you got to go with Netflix, something. I hate, I have 800... Nine to close to nine hundred titles in my collection. Here's my list. Choose something. Yeah. And he chose. I convinced him Avatar, right. not the expanded, you know, director's cut, just the regular movie Avatar. We're talking the blue people, the tall blue people that. Okay, not that. Not, not, the, not, last not, not the last Airbender. Not the last We don't want to confuse you. Why did they come out the same year? <laughs> well, yeah. There are so many people that are like this. What? And M Night Shyamalan's making another movie. Why are they letting him make another movie? But other, um, besides the point, he's gonna kill people again. <laughs> but um, you suck. Now, mind you, we're watching what? Avatar, no. and he's like, we're watching, we're watching Avatar, and which is a funny story. And he's like, now, Sigourney Weaver's. Yes, you. If you've seen the movie, James Cameron's name is like all over the beginning, and all over the end. Um, and not to mention Sigourney Weaver's in it for f- 10 minutes he, he fi- it finally clicks that's that that's that's what's her name Sigourney Weaver she was in that movie about aliens I'm like dear god you forgot about Galaxy Quest and a host of other films too and and at the end he, he finally notices James Cam- um, Cameron in it the name he goes 
That James Cameron is a great actor. Wait, what? And I went, what do you mean, great actor? He's done, you know, blockbusters since, like, 1980. And he's like, no, he's acted before. Well, if... I'm not sure, but I'm sure... This guy hosted a movie? Right. right. And he doesn't like movies. Right. And, and, and it doesn't... Like, he didn't know. It's like, wait a minute. Unless he's done a cameo here and there, he hasn't acted a day in his well, life. Like, and he's like, like no, he, did, he was on that TV show, remember? Yeah. What TV show? Uh, you know, his dad, the dad was a psychiatrist. That's... You mean Growing Pains? Oh. Yeah, Growing Pains. No, that's Kirk... Cameron, not James Cameron. I'm sure there's no relation. Really? I'm positive. All now, we we'll, need to know about Kirk Cameron is Google Kirk Cameron and banana. <laughs> That's all you need to know. And the, but the thing is, it, we're talking about a guy that I told you this. It, I, if I didn't hear this dude's voice, the got the message he left on this dude's machine, I would have not believed it. And he, this dude left a message on his machine saying, I have, like, original 8mm, you know, celluloid films of uh, Dracula, Frankenstein, The Blob. I mean, original runs. And uh, 16,000 video cassettes. I mean, the numbers were... He made me... If he showed up, I would have been like, "Uh, not worthy, not worthy, not worthy. And he's like... I told the guy, it's like, you've got to get this guy here some way, shape, or form. Right. You know, he's got to be a part of this group. Rent from him something. Sorry. Bring him here. I want to meet, hell, I want to meet this motherfucker. And he was like, yeah, well. I, I hounded him Wait. for about, I'm like, listen, if I was doing that movie group and he, Big Candy heard that voicemail, he would beat my ass. He'd have his wife, his girlfriend at the time, kick my ass and bury me in the back alive if I didn't follow through and, right. and find out more. Too cool to fucking turn down. Who is this guy? Oh, my God. And he, he stopped because I, eventually I was the only person showing up. Yeah. But the thing is, he never advertised the group as like a Christian-based group, but he treated it as that. And I said, he was one, talking to me because I know a little bit about promotion from hanging around with you. And I said, one, you're treating this like a Christian group. It's not advertised as that. You're going to offend somebody. You could take, you could, in essence, take Jesus out of the equation here. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to do that. Then you're going to have a problem. Then don't have a movie group. You're going to have a problem. Have well, a if people have, well, uh, if they don't like it, they can leave. Oh, yeah, you're forgetting about the 7-Eleven rule, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, what's that? The 7-Eleven rule, it kind of... No ex- shirt, no shoes, no dice? No. Um, <laughs> from a promotional standpoint, it, it, it's changed now with uh, social media. Right. But uh, the 7-Eleven rule is that if you're a dissatisfied customer, you're going to tell 11 people. But if you're a satisfied customer, you're going to tell 7 people. And... With, and I told him with today's media with Facebook and all that last thing you want is people dissing your group to like 11 if they have thousands of friends on Facebook and other social media not to come here right. and he's like I don't care and he he got caught into paying over a thousand dollars at Best Buy for his laptop Jesus. 
And literally, he went in there not knowing jack shit about laptops, and they conned him out of 1100 And um, he signed up for this um, dating website, which charges him... He, he fell for the whole aspect of, I'm going to be charged uh, like 11 bucks a month just to go online and browse, browse and message people. And he said, well, this website uh, charges that I could do meetups using their name. It would only cost me $250 a year, a year to use their name and do it, plus a monthly fee. I'm like, wait a minute. You could use that money to get yourself an Xbox and Netflix. Plus, you're on, you already have an internet. What's your internet? I'll let you, because I'm using DSL, you could have my uh, cable modem. You have Comcast cable right now or Xfinity. Yeah, uh, it's a card. I got. I have a two-year plan with them with this uh, uh, 4G uh, internet card. Really? You got conned into a, a 4G plan that you... Yeah, I could take it anywhere. Really? Uh, your laptop has Wi-Fi in it. Right. You could go to McDonald's or any place that has Wi-Fi. Yeah, I could take... Really? Yeah. You're that stupid? So I don't go back there again. And he uh, obviously he dissolved it. I haven't seen advertisement for it. Well, there's, so. there's a guy that runs a... Uh, he, he's got a very awesome venue to have it at. Uh, the Alamo Draft House in Winchester. Oh, um, I love it. Yeah. And it's this guy, Andy, has a... He, every Wednesday he has like a movie club. 3.0 it's called. Movie club. Movie something. Anyway, he's an awesome guy. He likes movies. But he hates new movies, and he hates anything that isn't indie. So you get his critical aspect on top of, like, it, okay, I went to see Terminator last night. He would shit all over me for seeing that. Oh, it's stupid. Sounds CGI. like, I, I don't want to knock him, but he's, wow. like, he's being this hipster over it. Yes. His hipster yes. mentality. Yes. But and he's, he's, I love him, but he's annoying as shit, because you cannot like anything around him. You can only like things is that are made with a eight millimeter camera in Idaho, uh, starring people that you've never heard of. <laughs> that's um, how he is. It's so that's like the exact flip of your guy. Yeah. It's like somebody who's very knowledgeable about movies. That's this just you can't watch movies with. Right, <laughs> but uh, TV wise, I tried to get into. Uh, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, uh, Sleepy Hollow. The fir- the first season was good. The second season... He never changes his clothes. It, it's like... No, the first season was great. nobody suspects that this guy that's dressed like a revolutionary person is hanging around a police station. That's my biggest problem with it. Because Crystal watches it. I'm just sitting there like, the it, hell? The first season was great. It, it was that whole aspect of it all. Yeah. Uh, this, you know, Kentucky... You know, Connecticut Yankee in a reverse King Arthur's court. Right. And... The second season, I'm like, okay, I can't wait for the second season, and I'm let down. Yep, it's like Falling Skies. It's the Falling Skies movie. Like, they stretch it too far. Just make a miniseries, fuck it. It's like this Falling is, Skies. This, this is the last season Thank of Falling Skies. because I stopped watching it two seasons ago. Like, I'll, I'll poke in every once in a while and be like, oh, they haven't gone anywhere yet. <laughs> <laughs> They're still doing the same thing they were doing seasons ago. <laughs> and it's... I was in love with the series when it came on. But, you know, Sleepy Hollow, it's 
like visually, it's awesome. Like the first, like, like the first season, you know, like you yeah. said, I was pretty hooked with, you know, when she was watching, I would watch it, and I thought it was pretty great. But <clears throat> it just, it, for me, it, it 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 falls in the same thing where it just doesn't go anywhere, or it takes like a hero's hook. Yeah. We're like, okay, we've run out of the main story. Uh, let's just make shit up. Right. That's what it's like in the second season. Yeah. Uh, what I liked, la- I think it was, it came out last year, was Almost Human. Right. With uh, uh, the guy that played uh, uh, Dread in the right. remake. Yeah. That was, it was a great series. Again, damn you, motherfucking Fox. Um, it's too expensive. Nobody's watching this. Yeah. It was, he kind of played uh, Nimoy that type of character and it was like a Nimoy Spock type of thing it was well he wasn't playing a Nimoy but he was playing that aspect of here's something totally logical and I've got to hate him you know because I'm a human and this something logic and it was they played off that it was it was great and it just ended too soon and um, I'm watching uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. and Flash I'll I'll check on season 2 of Flash and season I haven't run into Flash yet. I uh, watched all of Daredevil. That was amazing. Um, I want to see season two. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to introduce a lot, a lot more. Anyway. That's what I like about this. Are they still doing a tie-in? Do you know? Are they still doing a tie-in with the Marvel Universe, like the movie universe? Um, as far as I know, yes. Uh, Josh Whedon wants to say, or whoever's running the, the movies and the shows, and right. is saying... Uh, it, they're not connected, you know. But the you, you're hearing him say that, and you're hearing uh, the Marvel media <laughs> aspect saying, "Don't listen to Josh. We want to, yeah. you know, we want to yeah, interconnect everything." And because it's like what I see from that is like if what Marvel's trying to do is they're trying to springboard what the fans are doing through the TV show, yeah. in regards to what superpowered people to bring in and. There, there are very few like Sony wants to bring in. They're easily working deals with to bring in like Spider Man, and right. but Fox is still being fucking assholes. No, you can't have the mutants because we're they're still making money for us. So what it, it seems like to me that Marvel is doing, and a lot of people you can scream at me that I'm wrong or whatever. It seems to me like they're taking the six one six universe and just putting it on screen, and in the comic books. They're going off with a new thing, and they're going in a different direction. Because a lot of the characters that you see on screen either aren't playing bigger roles or have changed. Like if you would go pick up comic books today, you're not going to see the Captain America that you see on screen. That could be a good thing because it's kind of no, that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, it, because it, it, I I grew up with that universe, and now I can see it. In it's like it's. <laughs> yeah, it's, the recent comic book thing. I think they killed off Captain America. Yeah, yeah. he's a uh, he's a. Um, a little war machine, like no, uh, Falcon or something. Falcon, yeah, yeah. It, but it, it's keeping both separate, and it's kind of like this is our media universe, and and they're not trying to say, they're not trying to say, whoa, you gotta read the books to see what's going on with the movies. No, it's it's six one six is on the screen now, so and now that's is, that's on whatever screen you want, whether it be right. tablet and so forth and so on. Right, and it. It's completely flipped from what DC's taking, and it's like DC's. DC's it, they, the only successes that they're having in regards to the movies is Batman and Superman. Batman, Superman and it's, so it's, but you know what I'm saying? It's like DC is like we got to do Batman and Superman movies. Batman, Superman, Batman, Superman, Batman, Superman, Batman, Superman. And, 
Green Lantern. Yeah. Match them together. Green Lantern sucked, so therefore we gotta, you know, it's gotta be brooding shit, brooding shit, brooding shit. And like, wait a minute, and it's like, there's a meme out that says, oh, we gotta be brood. DC is like, well, we gotta be brooding. We gotta only limited. And Marvel is like, all our stuff, you know, here you go, here you go, fuck it. Everything's tied together, you know. You want Guardians of the Galaxy? You got Guardians of the Galaxy. You remember what a Guardians fan I was before, yeah. like, back in the day. And it's like, here's a talking raccoon with a bazooka. I literally <laughs> shit out my dick when I heard that they were making that movie. I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, are you serious right now? And it they was complete. <laughs> what did you think of the movie? As I like, lo- oh, my God. I how many oh, times did I see it? I've heard so many people How say... How many times did I see it? I think I saw it at the theater. I saw it th- three times. I've heard people say, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy sucked, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles remake was awesome. Like, uh, uh really? <laughs> well, it wasn't all that great. <laughs> but, uh, it was okay. Turtles was okay. Turtles, it went in a direction that I, I didn't expect it to go in, but it, very, but it was very conventional. It was still the same story... Being rehashed. It's just like yeah, Spider Man. How many yeah. times are we going to have to hear the fucking origin story of Spider Man? I don't care. Aren't they making another one? Yes, and they're probably going to do a goddamn uh-huh. origin story again. And I will not watch it, just like I didn't watch the last two. I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was like, who gives a yeah. shit? I was very disappointed with Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire ah. was, <laughs> when he started singing, was awful. But. I, he I, sang? What? Or, oh, you you blacked out number three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hated the second one so much. And I hated the first one. Watch the third one. Okay. Well, Screw that. Three was poster of it on my wall. Was, I have to take it down. <laughs> <laughs> three was so bad. Like they had to cram venom in, and it just he it was like venom, his arch nemesis in the books. Ah, side note. <laughs> Really? To the Sandman? Go fuck yourself. But, at the same time, they were going in the right direction with those movies. Had they kept making them... They would have just hit bottom. They would have hit bottom. <laughs> but, the problem was, when you when you get to making it... Okay, well, we gotta, re, we gotta redo the series. Okay, you get some new guy. You make two fairly decent movies. There's still, it's still an origin story again. Nobody cares. You've heard this a thousand times. How many times? Just like Batman. How many times am I going to have to see his fucking origin story on how TV? How many times do we have to watch his parents die? Uh, speaking of which, how are you, how are you like, liking Gotham? Though? I haven't watched it. I, <laughs> I need to watch it. It's one of those ones that like it's on the list, but I, I haven't got to it yet. Yeah, anything you guys are looking forward to this fall season or a movie? Movie-wise, I'm looking forward to the I'm, new... I'm looking forward to Ant-Man, personally. That comes out... Next week? Yeah. Okay. There, I want to see the new Ash versus the Evil Dead. Yeah, I, I, I want to see some, I want to see the trailer yesterday. Yeah. I, I want to see I want to see some past season. that. Yeah. Um I want to see the new um AM season talked for doing preacher. Right. I want to see how they do that as a uh, preacher fan, old school preacher fan. I want to see how they do that. Um that's coming to uh, ironically because you and I are both Hulu Plus subscribers. Right. AMC is coming to Hulu Plus. Yeah. So that's a big plus. I'm that's like, huge. that's like, finally you're, you know, you're earning it eight ninety nine a month, right. you're 10 bucks a month, <laughs> even though they were earning it anyway with me. Right. But, and you the know. New, there's a new Walking Dead uh, series coming out. Yeah. yeah. Um, What's it called? Is it? 
Fear of the Walking Dead. I something like that on. takes place in California. Yeah. Uh, movie so, what? Which is good because, see, you're kind of like in a bubble with the Atlanta group. Yeah. Right? Where, is this only happening here? No, it's worldwide. So you get to see it. Or or something that's nothing. Statewide. Yeah. So you, you get to see it somewhere else. Which is cool. yeah. Looking forward a little bit to um, uh, Star Wars. Yeah, I'm very much. I'm like, I'm 10 again. I see that shit. I'm sorry. Uh, one of our, I'll, I'm going to say it right now. One of our, bro, I'll say brother podcasts, uh, um, Comic Crypt out of Tennessee. Um, they're saying that um, Jurassic World is pretty much holding the title until oh, till that, comes till, till that comes out. They'll hold the title, keep it up in the air, and then all of a sudden the oh, Star yeah. Wars will come in. Star Wars is going to kick him in the you know kick him in the stomach, DDT him and take the title away. And do I want to see it at the drive-in or do I want to see it in the fucking movie theater? I'll probably fucking sandwiches. It's like I'll I'll probably hoof it in a fucking blizzard just to go see it up in. It's coming out. What is it? November. November, December, something like that. I think it's November. Drive-in will still be open November. They started staying open a lot longer this year, like as of last year. So I'm like, mm, should I see it there? Should I see it? <laughs> uh, anybody follow? Uh, what are you guys following on? Or say, who are you guys following on YouTube? Mm-hmm. Anybody in particular? I, I don't really follow any. I don't really. I watch YouTube, YouTube all, all day, but it's just music. I, uh, I yeah. Really, uh, like when, I, when I'm sitting there at my job, I just have it on in the background. People, it's funny, they walk in and I'm like, what's this? <laughs> and I'll tell them, like, I got people on some stuff. <laughs> I'm kind of. You know, I'll go through, I have my list that I, you know, watch through my console. You know, some of it's background noise, like creepypastas and all that, and, which I don't like to you listen to. You like my sister. She just watches creepypastas all the time, and it creeps me out. I'm yeah. like, I'll watch at night because at my house it kind of creeps, and I have that one tree that rubs against the roof a little bit, uh, and I have a metal roof, and it's like, you know, something like, oh, you or and everything's settling, or bird, I have a bird's nest right on my windshield window, yeah. and I hear the birds fly. I'm like, oh, you, I'm watching that goddamn creepy pasta, you goddamn ass. You know, <laughs> and, <laughs> I'll just be innocently sitting in my room, like trying to watch television or something, or, or maybe even reading a book, and my sister will be listening to a creepy pasta on YouTube or something. And after hearing the story, I'll just like poke my head out of my room. It's like, is is there anything out there? She's like, no. Are you, are you scared or something? No. <laughs> if that's one of the things again, <laughs> listeners will be doing it as filler to cycle through when we get a chance to regular guests and so forth and so on. Uh, we at least I'll be trying to get better at creepy pasta readings and SCP readings to at least constantly engage you, the fans, and so forth and so on. Um, plus interviews. I've been on YouTube watching uh, as regular, other than creepy pastas and SCPs, is um, uh, Cinema Sins. Um, the guy's hysterical. He'll, whatever's on Netflix or he's able to rent, he watches. It, and he counts and like, oh, uh, this scene does not contain a lap dance. Ding, you know. So, <laughs> but he, it, it, but he, he bet. It's like I wonder. At one point, I was like, I wonder what would happen if he watches uh, that one with uh, Elizabeth Berkeley, whatever it was, and she would play like the stripper, uh, showgirls. And he was like, oh, yeah. and he, and he completely flipped on that. It's like normally this movie would be something that I would completely enjoy. I don't. Dang! <laughs> he's like one sin for each. Uh, uh, he's like grinding movie scene, uh, bonus round, and like ding, sing, sin, sin, sin. But it would be like uh, uh, father dies cliche, sing. I mean, yeah, it's like it, it's real fun to watch. It's funny, and he does like music video sins too. And it, I mean, it's hysterical. I've been also. Um, uh, watching how it should have ended. How it should have ended. Yeah. Um, 
I've been watching um, uh, there's a YouTube channel called um, Game Theory, and uh, what they do is like uh, uh, could something like the um, Utopia of uh, Bioshock Infinite could that actually exist in real life in th- in theory, or could uh, the um, Rapture exist? In regular Bioshock, could that exist? And or we're going to look at you know the history of the timeline of um, Mario, right. <laughs> yeah, you know, or the the Link history, cool. you know, stuff like that. And it's all you can't kind of enter like it could be just a theory, a game theory. Uh, but it's funny. It's are they the ones that did the the Disney timeline? No, exposed cars is like. This post-apocalyptic world where cars are... The, um, there's another channel that with a guy that does that, <laughs> yeah. and he goes into the theory, and the guy who actually created the... researched the deep yeah. theory of it said, I like you guys, but you're wrong. Right, yeah. <laughs> but it's but, so funny. But, um... It's like, after, this, um, it's like thousands of years after Wally. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, there, um, there's another one I watched. He's a, a big-name game reviewer called Angry Joe. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Sounds uh, familiar. And I feel this, a lot of his opinions coincide with mine, especially with Destiny. Right. Um, the only reason why I play Destiny every now and again is because there's a few friends I have that play it on the 360, and that's it. I hate every aspect of it. It's like, it, as Angry Joe said, it's a gambling sim- simulator. That's it. And there are better... RPGs like it that are doing it better. I'm gonna, he doesn't use the example, but I am like Borderlands. Borderlands does it way better, and it's. So, are you looking forward to this Final Fantasy VII remake? Uh, My I'll, mom is. I kind of am because when I played the original copy, I'd get about halfway through, and the game would cr- my save would crash. Oh, it would it corrupt. And it's like right after it, I played with like a game shark. Right. If you guys, if our fans remember what a game shark is, um, <laughs> Google folks, Google, Google game shark. That's another podcast right there in reference to game cheating and all that. But um, I play it, and get up to like this, like this little mansion that you could buy. I get up to there, and maybe about five, ten minutes after that. My, my save, you know, I can't play any saves. So I played the game through without... I wiped the, my memory card, played it through normally without using the game sh- shark. I almost said game genie. Um, oh, worse. <laughs> but um, I played it through, and at that same point, game, you know, my game save game was corrupted. So it was like... That was one of the fun aspects of Team Got It. Yeah, we used to play people. Turn off your game, genie. I know you got a game, genie. The thing is, um, after you moved out, uh, they, there was I missed the game so much. It was one versus hundred. It was like a game show, but it was also they did a uh, Xbox Live game oh, yeah. deal too. And me and like uh, a friend of the show, Mad Eye, and 
bunch of other people would be playing on party chat with the same game when I was off, and we'd be like, it would be a trivia, press X, press X, the answer's X, and it would be the wrong answer, and you know what the answer is, it's like A, and it's like, you hear press X, and you put, oh, you motherfucking cocksuckers, you I pressed X because of you assholes, I lost out on my fucking achievement, and it's just, you know, team got it, team got it, and it was just fun, now, I tried to went from there to being on Reach and being an asshole on Reach, right. and because I make these ga- great, uh, there used to be a guy that used to play with us. He used to go by the name of uh, Silly Ass Mofo, <laughs> but he had to change his name to um, Grin. Right. Um, the reason why he had to change his name from Silly Ass because. Xbox Live said we got a lot of complaints from the the younger crowd that they were getting killed by some silly ass mofo, <laughs> <laughs> which is a name that you would probably have as a gamer tag. But yes, yeah, mofo. But um, we used to build these maps on uh, Reach, and it was primarily we have all these maps on Reach that we make. That I mean, literally these awesome maps that were detailed and. If I was creating the maps, I'd put something uh, teleport to a kill ball that you couldn't see halfway across the map, and it'd be the one that would be out in the open. But there would be other teleports to sniper points and other that only me and him would know. But everybody would see this open. They'd go to that teleport, get into that kill ball, and you'd hear, "You motherfucking asshole!" Was he the one that built the? The Pit of Death, as I used to call it? No. Okay, that was amazing. No. That was the one where the game just started off, and there's launchers on either side. So you're just in the middle of, like, the spawn points are in the middle. So either way you look, there's a wall of crap coming at you. <laughs> and there was one teleport, and you jumped in it, and it would just teleport you to one of the launchers, and you launch across the screen. <laughs> the, but uh, with maps, it was, I used to have uh, friends from other podcasts come in and just you know, test the maps, and I'd hear, you're a fucking asshole. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just because the maps were so well made, and the hidden spots, and yeah. just being open, and having big name, big maps, and small maps. One of the uh, other YouTube uh, channels I watch is uh, Ro- uh, Rooster Teeth, and the um, Red versus Blue. And we named, uh, he named his Caboose, and I named mine Donut. Um, if you haven't watched... Uh, Red versus Blue do so. They're on Netflix. They're hysterical. <laughs> uh, we we nicknamed someone at least she doesn't she know who's she know knows who she is, but I nicknamed her Caboose. If you ever seen um, Red versus Blue, you know about Caboose how much of an idiot he can be. It's the same girl that you called uh, Moon Moon, right? Right. <laughs> that, that was hysterical. When Moon Moon was this big thing. And for six months, we called her Moon Moon because of who she hangs out with. She never trusted me and this one other person at work because we would we'd go up to her and go, search for Blue Waffle and walk away. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and she'd do it. But because of stuff like that, she learned not to trust us for six months. I, and I'm the one that started it. I'm the one that started calling her Moon Moon. And, like, Moon Moon, can you do... I'd be, I'd be on the radio as a lead. Moon Moon, do you have a copy? And she'd pipe in and answer to it. 
And she found out after six months of me calling her Moon Moon what it was and called one of the people that we work, not me, an asshole. <laughs> and he's like, you know, uh, the Rev is the one that called you Moon Moon the most and why am I being an asshole? You just are. <laughs> but uh, we call her Sissy, but I call it Caboose. And she, for like an hour, she thought it was because I was making fun of her ass. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's not about your ass. And she was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> it was just so so funny. And it's like, every now and again, it's like, by the radio, I'll, you'll hear me over the radio go, Caboose, you got a copy? And she pipe up, yeah, what do you need? <laughs> and if I have the radio, it's like, I'll, I'll respond to managers going, goat head. Yeah. And because everybody says, you know, on the radio, one of the people we work in, it's like, did they say goat head? No, they probably said go ahead. But it sounds like goat head. So every now and again, I toss it up and go, goat head. <laughs> me, Ted. <laughs> and it's, um, to kind of move things on, well, I'm on a 50-minute break. Um, what, is there anything you guys reading right now, or book-wise, comic-wise? or? Um, I started reading the Supernatural Nevermore, which is basically the Supernatural series based on the uh, Poe, uh, Edgar Allan Poe books. That there's there's um, researching... There are like murders going on that that kind of revolve around the Edgar Allan Poe uh, books and uh, short stories. Oh, so it's just the brothers doing investigations, not angel shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, it's like right. This is like in like season two. Okay, cool. So you're you're reading their gospel? Yes. <laughs> the gospel. So you still watching Supernatural yourself? Oh uh, yeah, we're so like when we can, we're watching, catching up. <laughs> I mean, it, it, ever since that one time, I had to come up running upstairs. Fluff! <laughs> you, and you know the episode I'm talking about is the whole wishing. And it's that little depressed teddy bear. And it's just, you hear gunfire and you just see Fluff. Put it in. And Sam Dean, the whole aspect. It just. Um, me, I'm rereading um, because I, thanks to Uncle Tony. Um, rereading uh, the Jurassic World books. I'm starting with The Lost World and working my way back. So, yeah, I, I've been um, reading those but I, keep say, I keep saying to myself that I'm going to read it. It's in my bed. My bed is not a bed. It is a nest. <laughs> I just throw my things into there. And if I what kind of person are you, Sam? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, there's someone else who's um, scheduled to take the room now. Okay, so, um, um, okay. okay, well, um... We're being kind, kindly kicked out right now, uh, not in a bad way, uh, because of our okay. Um, we're going to call it an episode right now. I uh, thank you guys for tuning in. This show will be posted up soon. Um, thank you guys, and please tune out. If you have any questions, comments, or smart remarks, email us at longcoatmafia.gmail.com. Um, we're on Stitcher. We're also on iTunes. We are very multi-device friendly. So, thank you. Have a good day, folks. Bye. And bye. And you want to say goodbye? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's shocking, humiliating, and it's unacceptable. Oh, come on. It's a classic. <laughs> the only show in the world that gets better the more it's re-re-re-run. Do I get a choice? No. No. Where you guys? I'm going home. Okay, people, move along. There's nothing to see here. You're
listening to the Long Coat Mafia. Capiche? I hope you enjoyed traveling down this memory lane using the Wayback Machine as a vehicle for today's episode. And like I said, the intro and outro for us, at least in my eyes right now, looking back at it, was cringe. But I knew even back then, couldn't have just an abrupt opening, needed something to lead folks in and something to lead folks out. And But still, I hope you had fun and you kind of had fun with us in this first episode that we kind of did way back in the day. So if you did... Let us know in the comments down below if Podbean ha- if you're listening via Podbean. If there is a comment section still, leave one down below. If not, uh, head on over to our Facebook page. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash the Lone Coat Mafia Podcast. Just leave a comment on one of the posts that are there, and we'll be happy to kind of read those posts on air. Or if you want to send us an email with uh, uh, your comments, criticisms, questions, or what have you, uh, you're more than willing to do so by sending us an email using longcoatmafia at gmail.com. Uh, just a friendly reminder, all our links are in the description down below or above us. Either way, the links are in the description to find us. And despite all the trolls and one donation, our our fundraiser is still, still going on. Despite, again, all the trolls saying that we're just doing a handout. Meanwhile, they're shoveling, those same trolls are probably shoveling out money to the latest their latest favorite podcaster, their latest favorite YouTuber, or their favorite celebrity that's out there that is doing a crowdfunding for whatever. But right now, we're still doing that fundraiser to help us cut costs on new or newish equipment. Uh, Again, all the links are in the description if you want to help us out. Even sharing this episode out does help us in some way. So please do so. And kind of quoting from this episode, I am the Reverend Godfather, and I'm a gamer, and I'm wearing a bikini. See you next episode. See you next time on the Long Coat Mafia. You're listening to the Long Coat Mafia. Capiche?